0: Let's start by talking about the impact of the political divide in the United States. What's happening there? Yes, Sakita, I mean, we're seeing it coming through fairly stark now, aren't we? Uh, where there's a very strong divide within the Republican Party, and quite clearly, uh, President Donald Trump doesn't have the backing of or the, the full backing of the Republican Party. And we're seeing, uh, you know, the, the latest uh, scu- uh, the latest battle between them. Um, you know, you seen uh, in, in, in Congress late last week when the vote on replacing and repealing Obamacare was going through Congress, and what we saw happening, um, you know, is that. Essentially, a, a, a conservative faction of the Republican Party basically scuppered uh, President Donald Trump's plans to uh, repeal and replace Obamacare. And, uh, you know, it actually was quite a slap in the face of the president um, that it's his own party that's, uh, you, you know, voting against uh, what, he, what he wished to push through Congress. So, you know, I think the markets remain quite nervous at this point, uh, at this juncture, Sakina, because some of the positive things, um, you know, which are likely to take hold, things like tax cuts, for businesses, things like increased corporate spending, um, or so, sorry, things like increased fiscal spending um, from the U.S. government trying to push through a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan, um, the markets are now doubtful about, uh, you know, the ability of Donald Trump to uh, muster up the support in order to push these deals through Congress. Um, you know, we see that uh, after is basically retreating and licking his wounds from the loss on the healthcare, on the healthcare votes. Um, Donald Trump has to now uh, go back. And drum-up support for, um, you know, his tax reforms as well as, uh, you know, some of the other legislation that he hopes to push through. Um, You know, we know that he's signing an executive order uh, sometime tomorrow with regards to, uh, you know, scaling back some of the the controls which uh, President Obama had signed in by executive order, controlling the energy and manufacturing space and, uh, you know, an order which Donald Trump says will create quite a lot of jobs. So, you know, Sakina, I think that the the challenge thing is within the first 100 days of president of, of, of his presidency, we've already seen a lot of friction between the White House and and and, and Congress, and um, you know the, the 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 battle has gone very public. Um, you know we saw uh, Donald Trump's chief of staff going on uh, going live on air um, in the U.S. over the weekend saying that uh, you know this is not a bipartisan uh, president, and perhaps it's time uh, to start talking to some moderate Democrats, and we see that obviously uh, Donald Trump was very controversial Twitter Twitter account, saying exactly the same thing from his Twitter account yesterday. So, Sakina, I think uh, some of the cracks are certainly starting to show. Um, You know, the first 100 days of presidency is certainly supposed to be the honeymoon period, but it definitely hasn't been the case uh, for Donald Trump. And uh, I think uh, if he's going to want to enact some of the major reforms and law changes which he's talking about, he's certainly going to have to take a different stance and try and drum up more support within Washington and, uh, you know, re-look at his strategy. Because for the time being, uh, you know, we saw a very choppy week in global financial markets last week, particularly within the U.S., where we it, saw it selling off quite, uh, quite hard um, on the back of concerns about the ability of Donald Trump to uh, push through some of these positive economic reforms which he talks about, like the infrastructure spending and, and, and the tax cuts like. Those before him, he's going to learn how this machine actually works. But um, what are the effects on the ongoing conundrum in the global oil markets, Nadir? Yeah, Sakina, it's quite an interesting one because uh, essentially the oil uh, the, the, the oil price is really going to be, uh, you know, between a very narrow band uh, for the next couple of months. In fact, you know, over even an extended period, you know, probably moving into uh, the, a long time into the future. And the reason for that is that, um, you know, we see the shale through Producers really keeping OPEC uh, members and the, the, the small number of non OPEC members who are collaborating with OPEC. Um, you know, the, the US shale producers are really keeping them sharply in check because what we see happening is that as soon as the oil price accelerates. Um, you know, much beyond $55 a barrel. Uh, we see a lot of supply coming back on from uh, the U.S. shale producers. And, um, you know, and, and, and the biggest problem, and in fact, OPEC members have, were meeting in Kuwait City uh, just yesterday to discuss compliance with, uh, you know, the cuts in, in production that uh, OPEC had, had pledged to make at their last meeting in, in, in Vienna. Um, you know, that was obviously earlier this year. And, uh, you know, I think OPEC really remains in a bind now where they have to remain very Disciplined in sticking to these output cuts that they committed to, because should they not do that, um, you know, we're going to see a global glass coming about once again, and we're going to see oil prices coming under significant pressure, and that obviously uh, places, uh, places the fiscal balances of a number of these countries under some significant pressure. So, uh, you know, most obviously and most notably Saudi Arabia. So, so you know, I think the biggest challenge at the moment is that, um, you know, an, an, a cartel which was essentially directed by white nation, um, you know, and really almost bullied by one nation, Saudi Arabia, is really in a position now where they have to remain exceptionally disciplined. Um, You know, it's a stance which they haven't had to take for a very long period of time, and the U.S. shale producers are keeping them on their toes, and that's exactly why we've seen the oil price coming under some pressure over the last couple of weeks. You know, we've seen uh, record inventory levels coming, or almost record inventory levels uh, coming out of uh, the U.S., which is really counteracting some of the promised which OPEC is, is, has, has pledged to make. So, Sakina, I think moving forward, and the outcome from the meeting in, in, in Kuwait City yesterday from the OPEC members is that they have to remain disciplined in cutting that output, and obviously uh, receiving collaboration from Russia and Nigeria as well, who are non-OPEC members, um, you know, and it's really critical uh, that they maintain that one million barrels uh, per member, um, you know, cuts uh, per uh, a day, and you know, if, if they that they maintain that discipline, um, you know, you could see the oil price, price slightly recovering. But as I said, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to see that getting above sort of $60, $65 a barrel, um, you know, given the, the, the U.S. shale production and, 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 and their capacity to bring significant supply back on the street. And then just before I let you go, uh, Martin, Cremer touched on this on Friday, um, Anglo-American and what's happening there. So uh, what are some of the challenges as you see it? Yeah, so Kina, I think the biggest challenge here is that, you know, there seems to be uh, somewhat uh, the, or a lot of hostility between, uh, you know, the Indian billionaire uh, Anil Agarwal as well as uh, and, and, and uh, CEO Mark Kutifani and his strategy for the company. Um, what we've seen happening is that uh, this Indian billionaire, Indian Agarwal, who actually owns um, a, a resources company out of India that, 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 that mines uh, iron ore, which is the core ingredient in steel, um, we see that he's, he's silently been, uh, you know, well not silently, but he's been taking up quite a significant stake in Anglo-American. is in fact now uh, the second largest individual shareholder behind the Public Investment Corporation. Um, you know, and he's been, and, 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 and what he's been very vocal about is that his strategy for Anglo-American would not be to dispose of all these um, non-core assets, which is what Mark Kutufani had communicated to the markets, um, you know, at the results presentation last year. So, you now obviously, um, you know, possibly what could be behind this is that this Indian billionaire probably wants to uh, merge the operations of Anglo American with, with those of his own company, which is struggling quite a bit. Uh, Try and achieve some efficiencies, certainly in the production of iron ore assets, which is not a core part of Anglo americans Or mark to define his plans for Anglo American moving forward, and in achieving those efficiencies, bring down essentially the cost of mining that iron ore and turn around his company um, into. Significant pro- profitability. Uh, you know, I think uh, Neil Agarwal will certainly be lobbying the Public Investment Corporation um, because you know they've also been behind. Uh, they've also, um, you know, said that they don't want a, a significant disposal of assets from Anglo American. Um, you know, and it's going to be quite interesting to see how this battle unfolds because you know the bottom line is that the market punished Anglo American. Um, you know, for going on an about turn at their most recent results announcement, saying that well they may not be selling off non core assets, um, because the market, like the strategy, are focusing on cash generation and the three core assets which were generating that. That would be copper, diamonds, and platinum. So, Sakina, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who actually ends up prevailing in this battle, uh, but certainly a a reversal in strategy was not taken kindly by the market, and the market really wants Anglo-American to be focusing on the core cash generative uh, mining assets.